Welcome to the Red Carpet Cafe with your hosts, Eric Root and Bree Pratt. Hey, Brittany. What? Hey, Eric. Today is May the 4th. Do you know what that means? May the 4th be with you. Yes. Because it's Star Wars Day! I'm so hyped for this, you have no idea. I'm actually wearing my Slave Leia outfit just for the occasion. <laughs> that beats out my uh, chewy Christmas sweater. All I want for Christmas is chew. Oh my lord. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I think... I'm pretty sure out of all of the nine films, that's episode one through nine, plus the other two films, Solo and Rogue One, Rogue One is my favorite. And it took me a while to realize that, but I think the reason why I like it, even though we know how it's going to end ahead of time when it first starts, because you've seen all the other films, the storyline was interesting and compelling, the only thing that really disappoints is that once you see how Vader can be at the end of that film, and then you watch episode four, you're like, what happened in those few moments for him to not be as, I'm just going to go destroy everything, Vader? That's fair. Yeah. I um I'm over here snapping. I tried to clap, but I didn't want to clap in the microphone. Uh I I agree with all of that. I remember um <clears throat> I didn't see it in a timely fashion and I was my dad's a huge Star Wars fan, my uncle's a huge Star Wars fan, their families are huge Star Wars fans. Um and I just remember the excitement my dad had when he wanted to put in a Star Wars movie and was showing me his collection and he like had Rogue One on top and I was like, you know, I haven't seen this one yet, so that's probably where we should go. And he was more than happy to tell me all about it and sure. not like give anything away, but like you said, I mean, you already know where it's leading. Um, but to like, like his excitement made me excited. So maybe even his excitement makes me like the movie even more, but just, just all the details of everything and the way they did the story too, to actually provide so much history and like back background information that you wouldn't have necessarily had otherwise. Just really well written, really well directed. I loved it. I agree. You know, and I feel like I'm starting to become a part of the minority group that is still on the fence on Solo. Uh, many people are like, oh, it was fantastic, it was great. And I think I need to clarify my position. So I, I think the film was well-written. It was well done. I semi-have a problem with who they cast for Solo because there is another actor oh, out there that's so much better at impersonating Harrison Ford. However, I get that they didn't they didn't want to go for that 
directly. So it's not like it's not like who they had was bad. Uh, but I don't know. I feel I feel like it had potential, and at some point it takes a left for me. Not saying it's the worst of the films, because I think Phantom Menace Episode One is still kind of in that. And that's only because Jar Jar. Yeah, Jar Jar is the only only one that makes that film kind of a hot mess. Uh, Misa Jar Jar Binks. That in the Force introductions. If you go back to Episode One and you look at it, it's like, oh, fight, fight, fight! By the way, hi, I'm Obi Wan. Hi, I'm Qui Gon Jinn. (laughs) Hi, oh, this is Anakin. Oh, hi, by the way, I'm C-3PO. And it's everyone is like forced to meet each other quickly but i understand they had to do it mm-hmm. but to, somehow yeah but so, so two things um i'm gonna write solo down so i remember to go back to that but with episode one i mean you got to give a little bit of grace because here's something god how many years later i have imdb Fair. up right now like almost 20 28 years later Sorry, 22 years later. Don't forget to carry the one. Math. <laughs> um, and and they they're they're doing this whole backstory that we Luke and Leia kiss. George Lucas didn't know where he was going with this storyline when he first started. Okay, so allegedly. Mm, so taking that all the way back now. Now we're writing. The beginning, I mean, everyone does have to kind of have those quick introductions. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I I 100% see your perspective on that, but in giving that grace because. Okay. Solo. Um, I don't think that I would have wanted to see someone impersonate Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford is a person. He is, he's not. I mean, okay, I'm going to dial this back before I get, like, hate messages. Uh, I would feel, maybe I would feel differently if you said he could impersonate Han Solo. Then maybe I would take this a different way. But I don't want someone who's going to act like Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? Just because he can impersonate him and sound like him. I think um, I think the actor that they had, um, I thought... I personally, so, okay, going back to my dad being so excited to show me Rogue One, okay. he also gave his opinion on Solo, and he did not like it at all. He he thought that it, it brings nothing to the story. It just, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I loved it. Again, it's like that backstory, kind of like what we got with 1, 2, and 3, right? Like, why are we here? Why did this happen? Plus, obviously, there has to be episodes before 4, right? Um wow. But that being said, I thought there were moments throughout the entire movie where he would say or do something, and I truly believe that I was watching a young Han Solo. And and that was awesome to see. And I love just kind of like getting that backstory between Han and Chewie. And, um, you know, their their relationship is one of those, just like C-3PO and R2-D2, Kind of like that, like that banter where you you understand completely what one is saying and you don't really understand what the other is saying. But as they continue to go back and forth, you can hear the whole conversation. So it was kind of cool to see how they met each other and how almost from the get go, 
this like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just kind of like started between them. Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was fantastic. Donald Glover's in it. He plays. Okay. All right. Time out, Tiger. I enjoyed that. Like, have you ever seen unrelated to Star Wars, the movie Age of Adeline? Once. Okay. Anthony Ingruber. IMDB him right now and tell me he does not look like a young Han Solo without uh, having to do any fancy facial work. Okay, before I even, before I even, um, that's who that that's who they should have cast. That's my opinion. What was his last name again? Ingruber. I N G R U B E R. So before I even click this, because he plays the young love interest in that movie, correct? That is correct. He plays a young Harrison Ford. That young guy grows up to be Harrison Ford. Correct. Maybe seeing that movie and seeing that transition happen is why you immediately have that connection and think that he should be in Solo. Just look at a photo of him without Harrison Ford in the picture. He looks like Harrison Ford. Okay, um, uh-huh. two uh-huh. out of seven is like a perfect Harrison Ford smirk. <laughs> Han Solo smirk, because he smirks so much in Either those movies. Way, I feel like that would have been a better cast, but, um, and I know the fans wanted that, but it didn't happen. It is what it is. We got that, and the resurrection of Darth Maul, which I kind of am like, wait, what? <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer before we go into the interviews with Sumiko and Davis today that the views that they express do not necessarily uh, align with or match any ideals that are expressed within the Rebel Legion or the 501st. They are fans of Star Wars. They cosplay. And anything that they express here is just 100% their own personal view. Can't tell. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, there you are. Hello, Samiko. I can't see you though. Um. Keep in mind, we're not using the video portion of it. We just okay. are extracting the audio, but it would still be nice. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Figuring things out as I go along. Samiko, help me with the last name pronunciation. B. Miller. B. Miller, thank you. It's really good to see you, ma'am. It's been a few years. Yeah, it's been a while. Last time was when I volunteered to take a shift in Tatooine Traders, and you're like, could you clean the trash for me? Because I know you'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Yeah. So let me preempt this right now by saying I apologize if I was ever a hard ass on you at Tatooine Traders. I like to think of myself during my tenure there as the mayor of Tatooine. (laughs) (laughs) What now? What that was basically the best management team I had so far, and it's been almost fifteen years. Wow! Wait, now when did we last cross paths? What year was that? Um, I left two thousand seven to go to liquidation. No, two thousand nine to go to liquidation. And then 2011 to come up to um, uh, San Augustine. 
So it's probably after around 2011, 2012. Okay. No, 2009, 10 or 12. Okay. Like so what year was it that you were first in the Backlands area? 2007. Brittany, when were you a college program? 2010 to the beginning of 2011. Okay. Wasn't sure if Bree and yourself had crossed paths, but um, we are actually alumni from the Backlands merchandise area of Disney's Totally Hollywood not Studios. sure, but uh, it's possible. <laughs> I picked up sure. like a couple of times. Okay. Right. Okay, no, that's fair. I was um, in Rider Stop and Tatooine, but mostly Rider Stop. Right. Yeah. Um, but Cleaning trash you. cans, by the way. Right. Just throwing that out there. Right. That being said, let's roll into the interview portion. Uh, so, um, one, again, I thank you. Uh, thank you, Samiko, for coming on and talking with us. Uh, and it, it is my understanding that you, is it, you have both, um, Membership into the 501st and the Rebel Legion? Both good guys and bad guys, yes. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite? Yes. Are you allowed to say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can say that. Um, Biker okay. Scout is, is kind of my favorite. Um, that was my, my first one on the bad guy side, so that one's, that one's definitely a, a good choice for me. You can sit down, which is really good. When did you and your husband decide to to pursue this? Um, well, with Star Wars Weekend, we'd always seen them there, and it was always pretty exciting. They, both the kids at the time loved it, and we loved doing this, um, seeing the parade. And so I'm like, you know, I need I need to get involved with that. So in 2014, I decided I wanted to be a good guy. And then in 2015, I decided, well, that good guy's going to now be a bad guy. So, which happens, you know? Right, you got sure. a little both in you, so you kind of <laughs> got to go each way. Okay. Was it a lengthy process for you guys to get involved with them? Um, not really. Um, the decision was probably the longer part of it for me. Um, you just have to decide that you want to do it and that um, uh, the costume that you need to do has to be, you know, what you want to do, what you can put on, because sometimes, as we know, it gets hot in Florida. So um, basically, yeah, basically the time frame for me was just myself, not putting it forward and, and going and doing it. Gotcha. And I know that in the past I've seen um, Facebook posts and message boards that have talked about the 501st and the Rebel Legion, and they've done some incredible things when it comes to charity mm -hmm. uh, and events going to hospitals and such. Have you had the ability to participate in any of those particular types of events? Yes, most of the events that I'm at um, have some form of charity um, work involved with it. Um, it could, you know, be somewhere that you're, as an, an example, a wedding. Um, if they ask us to be there, we, we ask that they make a donation of their choice. Um, so we're there for the start of their lives together, and they're doing something good for somebody else. That's amazing. I love that. 
Mm-hmm. Bree, what do you got for her? One of the things, just for people who are not, um, that are listening, that are not active Star Wars fans like us, can you dive a little more into detail the difference between um, these two lesions? Um, really, it just boils down to who you think are the good guys and who you think are the bad guys, because <laughs> that is a very personal opinion. So it absolutely somebody is. asks me, um, <laughs> you know, are you a goodie or a baddie? And I'm like, well, <laughs> today I think I'm a goodie. Tomorrow I think I'm a goodie. So it, it's, it boils down to your opinion because we know there are sides. You have mm-hmm. to pick one. But the yeah, next day you can pick a different one. <laughs> now, do the two legions between the 501st and the Rebel Legion, do they uh, do events together, or are they usually done separately? Um, there are occasions where somebody may request something specific, and it might involve only one side, uh, but generally it's open to um, whichever whichever costume that you have that's approved. And I feel like both groups have been so uh, kind in their interactions with people that even though there's still that considered friendly rivalry, I picture it more like West Side Story. So, like, <laughs> the 501st sees the other side and they start snapping fingers. It's going to rumble, but not really. We have been known to dance. so it- Oh, fair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I have done the chicken dance. So, you know, there's, okay. there's, if you can do it, hey, if they enjoy it, that's what counts. So is, what is your earliest memory of Star Wars, and what is your favorite memory of being a part of that whole experience? The uh, first memory I have is 1977 in the theater um, in our hometown. I pretty much still live here. And it was a small theater, and uh, I, I don't know if it's all my siblings, because there's many of them. There's eight, but it, it was it was a, it was at least a few, <laughs> so at least a few. And we watched the movie, and we're like, you know, oh my, wow, what did we just see? And so we just sat there, and we sat there, and the movie started again, and they didn't make <laughs> us leave. So we're like, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure the the rules were probably a little bit more lax then too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to see it again immediately right after that was it, it, it's a tremendous impact on your life. I mean, sure. it's just something you've never seen before. Right. I mean, everybody says that, but it is true. Right. Um, I, I guess the the many many people that I've met liking Star Wars. Uh, being involved in the other way with Star Wars. Those are the real good memories because you now know people all over the world because our groups are all over the world, Star Wars fans are all over the world, and I just think that's it's a huge unifier for so many people. Okay. And then, Sumiko, I'm curious, is there a website that people can go to if they wanted to request some kind of 501st or Rebel Legion um, coming to one of their events. Yeah, if you want to give a plug on that, you go right ahead. Um, It is 501st.com. That is the main website. 
there is a tab to the right that you will see for um, requesting events. Uh, you have to fill out the form and put on there, you know, all the pertaining information for it and what the event is going to be. There are events that we cannot do. There are events that we can do, and that is all determined as it filters through um, the command staff, and um, then it gets to us, and we're able to sign up for it. So we've done lots of different events. I mean, you know, birthday parties, weddings, um, hospital events are very touching and very hard. Um, I mean, we've done so many things. We do schools. They'll they'll have us come out and you know talk to the kids and stuff, and they're like, wow. So it's always really fun. Little kids will ask you a whole bunch of questions. I am curious about something. I mean, obviously we're living in a, a new type of world with the pandemic, and some people have had the ability to get shots, and some in other states have not yet, quite frankly. But in the case of if someone requests the 501st or Rebel Legion to come out, do you guys now have, you know, masks other than the masks that you build? Are there special masks that you put inside of that to actually give you filtration to keep people safe doing the uh, performances? Yes. Once they opened up to where we can go out, what we call trooping, um, once they opened that back up again, um, we did have uh, all the rules that everybody else has. You're out in public, you're um, near people, you need to do, um, you know, your distance. Uh, for me, as um, uh, a helmeted costume a person, I'm going to have a mask on underneath of it because that's, that's my choice. But, I mean, in the beginning, that's what we needed to do. So as all the mandates have been changing, the Legion has been giving, both the Legions have been giving um, the new updated information to make sure that we're protected and we're protecting the people that want to come see us. Fantastic. Uh, I do not know a whole lot about the 501st, and even though we didn't get a lot of information, um, I imagine if we went to 501st.com we could, but yeah. it is interesting to hear the perspective of someone involved with that group. And you're actually the first person that I know of that is actually a member of it. Um, so I thank you for joining us. Yes, thank You're you so welcome. much. Thank you. But stay safe. You too. And then hopefully we can cross paths in person again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, ma'am. Bye. It's intermission time. Don't forget to run down to the lobby and get your snacks. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. I don't know about you, but I'm going to get some of this blue milk freshly squeezed from some <laughs> blue cow somewhere. And you know there's somewhere, there's someone listening to this who'll be like, oh my god, I know what that creature is. It's not a blue cow. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely a 
bigger fan of blue milk than I am green. Yeah. I'm not sure how they messed that one up. But the cantina mm-hmm. at, at Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. is pretty good stuff over there. They've got some oh, good, gosh, good yeah. eats. Have you had the drink that makes your lips tingle? I have not. I, I can't believe no one that. even like recommended that to you because it is it's the craziest thing. I don't even know how to try to explain it, but I'm going to try. No, because it it's not like it's not like something's popping in your mouth or around your lips. Like it literally it's like I'm assuming that you probably don't have um experience with lip plumper lip gloss, but it's almost like that. Like uh, not this lip- week. No, I've stopped using that. Lip plumper lip gloss is like, I don't know, like, it's almost like there's cinnamon in it and it's like attacking your lips. And that's not even a good explanation because it's not cinnamon. I don't even know, but it's this foam. There's this foam in this drink. And it just. (laughs) I hope not because I (laughs) ate all of it and asked for more. (laughs) And then I woke up on Endor. I don't know. That was weird. I didn't even know we had Endor here. Um, I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't know. Just try it. I just wish that this concession stand sold fried porg, because if Chewbacca can eat that, it's got to be amazing. It looks like chicken. It probably is just chicken. I lost it in that scene. (laughs) I just thought, just the look on their faces, and he's like scooting away and just continues to eat the pork. Yeah. I'm the person in the theater who laughs at all of the humor, like everything. And Star Wars is so well known for its bits of comic relief. And I'm I'm laughing. There are times I'm the only person laughing because it's meant to be funny and I'm going to give it the laugh that it deserves. And that is a scene that everyone else is like, <gasps> and I'm like, <laughs> attention, everyone, attention. The intermission has now concluded. Please go back to your seats as our show shall restart once again. Thank you. He may actually be on the conversation now and he's hiding. Hello. Oh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. Dwight Davis. Thank you for joining us here on the Red Carpet Cafe podcast. Oh, you're most welcome. Um, and thank you for joining us, especially since you and I have texted briefly that you're having some uh, side effects from your second COVID vaccine there. Yes. And if you haven't had that yet, uh, makes you extremely tired. Not going to lie. It does. I know I have had my shot, uh, both of them. Bree, are you uh, up to date? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I may have lucked out. I actually feel like the pain I had was a little worse on my first shot, but it was a sore arm, as if I went out and pitched a nine-inning game. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way I can equate it. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, thank you, sir, for joining us. Okay. You, you missed out on a really cool sweatshirt that uh, 
that Bree was wearing yesterday. It was a Chewbacca Christmas sweatshirt, which was pretty <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's very cool. And I had on my uh, my uh, Slave Leia Jedi out, or my Slave Leia outfit from Return of the Jedi. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. So back to the disclaimer. Uh, let's see. Uh, so interviewing Dwight Davis just as a disclaimer. That uh, is a member of a fan costume group, uh, the Rebel Legion, and the opinions that are expressed in this piece do not reflect that specifically of the Rebel Legion. Uh, it is just his own opinions, and he happens to be a member of that group. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, I actually go by Davis Grayson, but, you know, we can do that, too. Oh, okay. My apologies. Would you prefer that we refer to you as Davis Grayson? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. So we'll pretend that uh, we never said Dwight Davis um, at any point in any of the conversation. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll just leave it be. Okay, so Davis Grayson, uh, how long have you been a member of the Rebel Legion? Well, I actually started back in 2012. My debut was Celebration is that six? It was in 2012, whichever celebration that was. The Seven. one that we worked? No, it was the one after. It was the second one that came to Orlando. Okay, so then that would have been Celebration Six. Okay, all right. And uh, I actually I was basically at the last minute trying to design the helmet and everything. We got the helmet done. I was a Rebel Fleet Trooper, and I was just there to have fun. And then one of the commanding officers of the Rebel Legion actually inspected me in front of everyone else. And she goes, submit the photos in the next month and we will welcome you aboard. And that's I really it was, cool. That's awesome. I thought it was a, a, actually a dream come true. And if you look at all the photos from that time, uh, I'm in them. I'm, I mean, I've probably got the biggest smile on my face because I was a part of it. And... One of the other cool things about it was when I was there, it was uh, I just came on to the floor, and this little boy, probably about seven, eight years old, came over to me and said, can I have a picture with you? And That's I cool. thought that was the coolest thing, and I said, absolutely, let's take a picture. So. You know, I had my blaster drawn and everything, and it was really cool. And so, you know, it was one of those fun experiences. I mean, being a part of the Rebel Legion, I got to be, I got to go to Star Wars weekends, and I actually had to march a couple of times before Star Wars weekends because they would want you to be able to do a couple of troop events. And I went to like some of the book book affairs uh, that we did at some of the libraries. And I never actually had a chance to actually walk through the uh, children's hospitals. I wanted to, but um, with Kids kids the World or anything, I know it's kind of a uh, really emotional part. And I know a lot of people said they had an emotional part, but it was a very, uh, how do you say it? It was more of an uplifting part to it. Right. It was just one of those things where, you know, you needed to go into that. And I never did actually get that opportunity. And I was very sad that I wasn't able to. Um, but, you know, I had had a great time. I met some met some really nice people. 
And I actually had this just a wonderful opportunity, especially at Star Wars Weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the coolest things that happened to me was in 2000, forgive me, 2015. That's when Mark Hamill was there. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to say that. And it was that Saturday morning. And right, I'm trying to remember, it was the first, first day of the Star Wars Weekend. And uh, one of the pilots, here I am in Rebel Fleet Guard. I'm one of the few, if not probably one of the only ones that's in a Rebel Fleet Trooper costume. This is before Rogue One, so nobody wanted to be a Rebel Fleet Trooper before then. But there was a few, there was a few, there was a few. And uh, we actually had a nice little squad one time, and I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, one of the cool things about it was one of the pilots walked up and he saw Mark Hamill in the van. And he goes, I'm going to talk to him. Go for it. You know, whatever you need to do, I'm still going to be professional. I'm not doing anything. Exactly. And he goes, can I shake your hand? And Mark Hamill gets out of the van, comes over to us, shakes hands, and is talking to us the entire time. And he he actually ended up getting a picture with us. And every single one of us is just like step forward to get in the picture. <laughs> but it was just one of those one of those experiences that you would not be able to experience. Like I, I for one, I've never got to, you know, have an autograph with Mark Hamill or anything, but I got to talk to him and meet him. And I'd tell you that was the probably the coolest experience right there. That's fantastic. That's really cool. I have to say, um, you know, I have several fond memories, especially working with Disney and Star Wars Weekends and Celebration 5. But I got to tell you, one of my favorite times during that time was actually getting to work with you at Celebration 5 at the Orange County Convention Center. And you would think, like, some of the, the cool moments would be, no, it wasn't the creepy guy that was wearing the I Give Free Hugs t-shirt when we were setting up on that first day. wasn't that guy. Um, Even though to this day I still uh, pick on Jen for that particular guy. Uh, It was not the fact that, you know, we were working with superstar Simon O'Reilly or superstar Ashley Waller or the artist formerly known as Devin Birch. Um, Instead, my favorite moment, and it's so ridiculous – was the fact that we had that droid from Hoth from Empire Strikes Back that was on the top of the booth, and it was playing the recording, the same recording that is played at Empire in the Empire Strikes Back movie. And our fearless leader, Lil Forsey, thought the recording was a sped-up saying of Man in a Pinto, Beauty and the Beast. To this day, I still send her messages, usually a picture of a man in a pinto and a picture of Beauty and the Beast just on the anniversary dates. But to me, that was one of the funniest moments, but I'm also one that looks for the absurdity and the funny stuff in life. So, (laughs) (laughs) Now, Brie did not have the pleasure of working Star Wars weekends when she was there, so we have discussed in length her disappointment on that. <laughs> but I know you do have a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, 
how did you discover the Rebel Legion? I, I understand um, one of them was how you became a member, what that was like, but how did you discover this group in the first place? Well, it's it's really funny because at the time when AOL was the big thing back in the early, really, really, really late 90s, early 2000s, I actually had a guy email me and ask me if I wanted to join a Star Wars group called the 501st. Or I don't know if it was actually titled the 501st yet, but it ended up becoming the 501st. And I said at the time, I was still in school, and I was like, I I can't afford the costume or anything, but I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And I never did get around to it. And when I finally moved down here, I actually met a couple of friends who are in the Rebel Legion, uh, Sean Phillips, who is a master at creating things just basically out of nothing. I mean, he can do so many cool things and so many creative ideas. And he showed me a lot of how to build the costume, how to actually, you know, so unseen uh, on, on, on like the jacket to make sure I can get the vest properly. I mean, just so many different little cool things. And he said this was, a, this was an easy idea to do it because the biggest thing and the hardest thing was the helmet. But uh, I know to this day, he's probably like, I don't want to do another helmet for him just because <laughs> it was we were down to like the last minute and we were trying to cast it and everything. And I was working with him. He goes, okay, if this one doesn't work, you're just going with the baseball cap and we're done. And I was like, <laughs> I understand, understand completely. And lo and behold, the last one actually did work. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of years later, just due to, uh, just due to the many uses of it, mine actually did break. And so I, I don't, I haven't been able to get that fixed. However, due to just other things happening and uh, just life in general. I've been, but my last appearance as a Rebel Fleet Trooper was in 2017 at the last celebration. And if you look very carefully at that last celebration, I was actually on StarWars.com. Uh, I was pretty much like the, the Peter Griffin Rebel Fleet Trooper with the other guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, But it was... Uh, one of the other guys that was with me as a relatively trooper was Kevin Reitzel, who's a host of the Phantom Podcast Network. And he actually, uh, he wanted to be a Rebel Fleet Trooper. And we had a lot of people that year. It was right after Rogue One came out. So it was really cool to be able to finally see, you know, a lot of Rebel Fleet Troopers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of the, just a really cool thing to reenact different things from Rogue One because, that was just one of the coolest movies Disney yeah. had released with the Star Wars film so far. Uh, but we got to be on 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 the set, and we were right across the way from Mark Hamill again, so that was actually one of the really cool things about it. But I inspired him to actually get the costume to be able to do that. And he's now, he's been doing, like, so many different little cosplays. I mean, well, not right now, just because of, Right, you know the pandemic and everything else going on, but he actually joined the GI Joe Finest. He's actually been a part of that for probably many years as well. I mean, that's just one of the really cool things. He's dressed up as Chuckles, Major Blood. I mean, <laughs> just all really some cool, cool figures. I mean, I eventually would like to do that, but I was like, you know what, I, you know, right now, one step at a time, one step at a time. Sure, but, absolutely. That's very cool. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I have, I've had a lot of highlights and I've had a lot of joy just being able to do that. And one of the probably most exciting things I could have done was, and I couldn't tell anybody this until after it was already filmed and actually always already done, but I got to be a part of uh, Walt Disney's Very Merry Christmas Parade that is shown on Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I I actually got to be a part of the Rebel Fleet Troop, Rebel, uh, part of the Rebel Legion and 501st group right there. And it was really cool just to be Very able to. Very cool, man. That's awesome. That is it. cool. Yeah. yeah. But I, I couldn't say a word to anybody. I mean, it was really one of the coolest things, but it was it was nice because I didn't think I was going to be able to be a part of it. But you see just like one glimpse of the video and there's like a picture. A quick picture of me, but other than that, though, because <laughs> I had somebody that that Christmas morning go, "Hey, you TV?" I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I was. So, That's awesome. Well, if if you remember, if you remember, what was it? Uh, when Star Wars first came out, there was no merchandise for it, right? And they actually had to do the mail away box of four figures. And then the very next year, that's when all the product was actually coming out, which, you know, kind of similar to what happened with the Mandalorian with uh, Groku, or as everyone likes to call him, Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but at the same time, I I can remember when, when Empire Strikes Back came out, my parents on a Sunday afternoon were going to go see Empire Strikes Back, and the line was not only out the door of the theater, but it was almost a quarter of a mile down the shopping center. Okay. I mean, it was yeah. just that many people there, and it was like, well, we're not going today. So. <laughs> um, Dwight, without thinking about it, of the nine movies plus Solo and Rogue One, what's your favorite one? Go. Ah. Uh, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Those are two. I mean, the original trilogy is what I grew up on. That's what I really like. But which uh, one is your favorite? <laughs> it's a hard question. It is a really hard question. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do this. I'll, I'll tell you which my favorite of each trilogy and just do it that way. Uh because Phantom Menace is probably my favorite of the prequel trilogy. And a lot of people don't like that one as much, but I got to say, it has a lot of world building. And quite honestly, we would not have Duel of the Fates. True. So uh, Empire was probably my favorite, probably one of the cooler ones, because everyone likes that one. Return of the Jedi was actually my next one after that. Uh, Rogue One and Solo, I absolutely did love. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, I, I said I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed it. It yeah. was not bad. Yeah, it was um, a reasonable conclusion to the trilogy that was already uh, forthcoming from, you know, the Force Awakens on. Um, I will say that really there was no wrong answer. Unless you had said solo, and then this would have been an intervention. <laughs> but that's only solo. because we talked about solo earlier. Uh, but I'll, I'll be frank with you, even though my name's Eric, that uh, my 
favorite episode used to be Empire Strikes Back. It always had been until Rogue One. Rogue One took over for me as the favorite just because even though we knew how it was going to conclude and roll into episode four, the storyline was compelling. I found myself actually caring about their cause even though we knew ultimately their cause was going to be completed because episode four had already happened. But I really enjoyed that film and the style on how they filmed it. But that's absolutely. Um, I actually had the opportunity to be at a troop event where we were at a theater showcasing Rogue One. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because we had a lot of X-Wing pilots. We had a lot of, we had a couple of Ewoks and then we had uh, myself as a rebel fleet trooper and a couple of other ones. And, it was, uh, and some stormtroopers, but it was cool because after our troop event was over, the movie theater let us watch the last showing of Rogue One that night. I nice. was like, this is, this is awesome, you know, this is the second time yeah. I'm able to watch it. And I will say one of the coolest things from Rogue One is the fact that one, well, a couple of things from Rogue One I love is one, I always wanted to know that story about how they just won their first victory. And mm -hmm. we got that played out right there. Two, how cool was it to see uh, Red Leader and Gold Leader from episode four? Right. Mm -hmm. And the Tarkin, I thought I thought it was just really cool just yeah. to see Tarkin displayed like way. I mean, it was just, it was just a really a great movie. And uh, when you see Darth Vader appear at the end, it's just like, wow, I want to see more of this. Oh, yeah. That was definitely that that jaw-dropping moment that I think a lot of us were hoping we would get, and they delivered. They seriously delivered. And let me go back and clarify. I've bagged enough on Solo in a previous recording <laughs> and in this podcast. I didn't hate Solo. I actually think that the story was fairly interesting. Woody Harrelson was impeccable, which I may have said that before. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the choice for Solo was my really only issue with it because everybody else did a, did a fantastic job, and even he did an okay job. I just think that I was stuck in the same group that wanted to see a different actor perform it and we didn't get that on a side note it's like it's like following all the theories of WandaVision everyone's going it's Mephisto and at the end they're like aha no it's not <laughs> or is it <laughs> so I didn't uh, I, I fell into the trap of thinking that it should have been a specific type of person, but um, I, I think that also, too, there were there was maybe a concentrated campaign to try and bag on it so hard to get Disney to reconsider doing an additional film from But honestly, Ron Howard did a great job. I think he did. It's just too bad that not enough people gave it, like, a sporting chance. You know, at the well, box I, office. I, I truly think, and this is what I heard from a lot of people, is when I asked them, I said, hey, have you, have you watched Solo? And they're like, uh, I just finished what, you know, 
we were just on the cusp of The Last Jedi. And say what you will about the movie, I will not go into that. But sure, some right. people some people did not like it. Some people, you know, thought it was okay. But enough people, it either put a bad taste in their mouth or they were like, this other movie is just too quick. And I think, I truly think that Solo would have gotten a better reception if it would have been released in December. Yeah, that's Because that would have had enough time to be able to go through that high of Last Jedi, whether you liked it or not, it was an okay movie. And, you know, then you would come down, you'd be prepping up to see Solo because I, sure. I truly think a lot of people, after they saw it, they're like, wow, that was a better movie than I thought it was going to be. And the soundtrack is great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. iTunes just released the extended edition to that soundtrack. You know, The Last Jedi, to me, pushed the storyline along. A lot Mm -hmm. like Attack of the Clones, because Attack of the Clones, you know, a lot of people that I had talked to when that came out of, and that was my group of people that I went with to the theater, were kind of down on it, going, well, it felt like it could have had more. And I'm like, well, the whole point is, is, in a trilogy, it is the transitional film. Not every film is going to be Empire Strikes Back. It's just not. Empire was unique in its aspect because of the fact that it did end on kind of a down note. I mean, Luke and the gang got their butts kicked and, you know, lost a hand. So, besides the fact that he can't start a round of applause at that moment, there really isn't anything else that you can say about that film other than it ended realistically on how life kind of treads on for a lot of people and I think that's why it resonated so much where Attack of the Clones yes it also ended in kind of like a precarious foreshadowing but it didn't have the same type of impact except for the fact that it was so cool to see Yoda actually use the lightsaber (laughs) that was probably one of the coolest things to see now I, I will say this about The Last Jedi and I think this is one of the things that not that I don't like about it, but I wish it would have been considered a little bit because I feel, and this is just my own opinion, that there's a lot of ways, a lot of things that you can't watch The Last Jedi without watching The Force Awakens because it's butted up together. Right. And, I, I you know, between Episode 4 and Episode 5, you had that time to breathe. You had that time to you know, for us to be able to think about going, oh, what happened during this time? Or what was going on during that time? And I know some of the comics, they filled in some of that, some of the stories and everything. But if you look at the sequel trilogy, it's only one year. Mm -hmm. And I will say, a lot of crazy stuff goes down in that one year. True. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's some really crazy stuff. Now, I do, I do, uh, love the fact that in Galaxy's Edge, we actually have a tie echelon. Right. Which was part of um, one of the original scripts for Episode 9. I think it was Chris Terrio was actually doing it. I would have Chris to look Terrio? that up. I'm not... uh, I'd have to look that up and everything. But it is one of the coolest things because not only does it look like a first order, but it could actually fit if they ever wanted to repurpose that into 
the Mandalorian, because it could be a Remnant Empire vehicle as well. I mean, that was one of the coolest things when you actually saw uh, Mandalorian, even the first and second season, is the fact that there was a lot of original trilogy aliens that you see in there. There was callbacks to the Clone Wars, callbacks to the original trilogy, calls back to even, you know, the, the prequels in some in some fashion. I mean, but I mean, it, it's just one of those things that really hooked hooked me back into Star Wars. And I love the fact that when Dave Filoni has even said in an interview that he'll only bring in a new character or he'll bring in a character if they have a message to say or if they have something to deliver. And, you know, when you see Ahsoka, what does she do in that episode? That's true. That's she a good tells point. everyone Baby Yoda's real name is Grogu. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? I, yep. mean, I yep. mean, and also she asks I mean, in addition that everyone wants to ask. Right, but in addition that she's also, you know, on the hunt. She's on the hunt looking for specific individuals to try and take out. Other than, and oh, I don't yeah. mean like out of uh, date. I mean like you know, <laughs> style. But um, she did have a huge purpose in the Mandalorian, and I think that's also why the Mandalorian is such an interesting series because it's giving us a whole side story on things, and then of course you know the return of Boba Fett, and then now we're gonna have the book of Boba Fett, and we're gonna have an Ahsoka spinoff show. Um, it's it's very very interesting to see how Filoni and Favreau are interweaving these storylines so tight that they crossed paths and will probably cross paths again as we go into these spin-offs. But that's what makes it so watchable and rewatchable is that the immersion factor is so unique compared to any other type of serial out there. It really is. On a side note, both you two are missing out on some incredible original Star Wars content. And I'm referring to the Oculus Quest 2. The <laughs> VR headset. Now, I have downloaded the um, Galaxy's Edge app which has got so much replayability, it's not even funny. And you're basically on Batu. They haven't allowed you to go down to the the kind of the city core yet. It's all been on the outskirts, other than going into the cantina and you know doing some things, or going into the droid factory and trading in your loot and getting credits and and upgrading your gear but there is a storyline it's a basically a side quest unlike any other and it's it's the bartender who's telling you the story but then suddenly you become sucked into it where you're in the jedi temple and you have you're, uh, I, and forgive me, I don't remember the character's name offhand because it's been a few weeks since I've played it. But you're a female Jedi. You see your hands, you've got your lightsaber, and you've called out for help. 
and then who shows up is Master Yoda. And this is a 360 immersion. So you're standing there looking around at the sky, and all of a sudden he's coming hobbling up. And he's asking you questions, and he tells you specifically, don't go into the temple. I will handle it. There's something evil in here. And he goes in, the door closes, and so you're out there going, all right. You know what? Maybe he really needs my help. Maybe I'll just go (laughs) ahead and go through this little side door here and figure out what's up. And then different creatures come at you, and you're attacking them with your lightsaber and your force powers. And not going to ruin it, but holy crap, that ending was amazing to the point where you're like, my mind is blown how much they've done with this. Now, there's supposed to be at some point this year an expansion pack that is supposed to allow you to actually go down there. Because when you're in the cantina, you can walk around and it's basically an old ship, a spaceship that's been decommissioned. So you go out and you look out the window and you see the Falcon on the floor. Just like you would if you went to Disney's Hollywood Studios or Disneyland in California. It's in the same position as it is in the game, and it's really cool. You're like looking like, do I see Chewbacca? No. But you do get to interact with R2-D2 and C-3PO in there, and you they join you for some quests too as well. And it's awesome because you're technically a smuggler is the whole premise of it. And you're trying to recover stuff that was stolen from you that that crash-landed onto the planet floor. And as you're opening crates and such, you know, you get your thermal detonators and your your different droids that will help you and shoot stuff or tell you where there's a bad guy. But the dual wield of pistols in that is pretty impressive. Especially when you're out there fighting pirates in in the forest. It's pretty cool. Um, Vader Immortal is another series on there. It's three parts. It's pretty intense. All I'm going to say is at some point you're forced to become his apprentice. And then you have to fight him. It's... uh. It's really cool. If you're at all one like myself that is a Star Wars geek, it's worth it's worth it. And then uh, they're releasing something called Star Wars Pinball in a couple of days where you have like your virtual room and you get the you can acquire these pinball machines, but when you play it, it's like three D pinball where they come alive and the scenes start recreating as the pinball's going on. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out. So enough of my tech geek corner. Bree, do you got anything else uh, for uh, Davis here before we have to let him go? No, I'm really just thanking you for your time and all of the information. I learned a lot, and I can tell how much it all means to you and how passionate you are. So it was really nice. It was a pleasure to be able to share that with you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And also... I will let you know, after watching The Mandalorian again, somebody asked me, it says, what did you think about it after after the end of season two? My first thought and reaction to everything was, it's rejuvenated my love for Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how cool is it that I have a Carl Weathers, Grief Karga action figure? I mean, <laughs> come on. And That's it's cool. photo real. 
so it looks just like him. I mean, it, right. it's just like a perfect thing. I mean, but they're very scarce right now. So if you're trying to look for one, you know, <laughs> good luck. Right. I mean, on an unrelated thing, note. On an unrelated note, you could probably find that same figure on eBay. Just look for the username Unicorn Lover 1984. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But um, I will. I will say that after after the end of Mandalorian, the very last you know episode, we see you know who who we who some people did not expect was going to come back, but when he actually came back, it was absolutely amazing to actually watch and yeah. when you see that you're just going holy cow i can't wait to see more i was screaming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah i mean I, when, when all of a sudden you see you hear them say there's a ship coming out of hyperspace i'm like oh that's the new republic and then all of a sudden you just see a lone x-wing and i was like wait a minute <laughs> no they are not doing that they are not and then all of a sudden, you see Moff Gideon's like face just, you know, go from, you know, I've got this, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, is this who I think it is? And then all of a sudden we see him, and it was awesome. It was absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, see that hand. Really, really cool. That was a good way to end that season. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the cool thing about it is on May fourth, the Bad Batch is being released on Disney Plus, the first episode. And it's like 70 minutes long, and it's one of those uh, really cool things because Finnick Shan, who is also voiced by Ingwa, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, she she's actually in the show as well. Very so cool. Nice and depending to the Mandalorian. And depending on how Apple Podcast drops this particular episode, it's also being intended for May the 4th. So that's something that totally oh, nice. <laughs> Hence the reason why we're doing our uh, discussion on Star Wars. Uh, but again, sir, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to be able to uh, speak again about a different topic, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm all for that and everything. Well, I, thank you for having me on board, and I really, truly appreciate it. Um, but other than that, though, May the force be with you. Absolutely, sir. And as we like to say, bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. On the next episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. Now, Bree. We need to talk about Mortal Kombat. But before we do, I th think it's important that we establish exactly what this show is about. It's about my dear friend Beck Harner, who teaches combat class in Celebration, Florida. Wait, uh, that's, that's the wrong notes. Hold on one second.